is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm gonna go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, Mimi Shoneman, the host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and licensed realtor from Remax Results. Happy Red Hot Real Estate Show to you. And you? Hello, hello, hello. Also joining us today from Caliber Home Loans, our good friend Shelly Ferris, the credit contessa. Good morning. I, I see you have on your um, badge. Why do you not have credit contessa on oh your badge my gosh, yet, Shelly? needs to be changed right it should have it in like in like a little silk <laughs> it should be in like a little like a gold script there you go that a, you little, have. a little chain could hang that would there work. we yes. go yeah and yes. a crown a tiara i think tiara, tiara, at, at least. least a tiara yeah. right so shelly can we please get your nmls oh, number yes. for everyone my nmls is 367-826 and caliber home loans 15622 right that's right and so you know i want Okay, so I'm just feeling like, you know, springy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I want everybody to call and mm-hmm. just talk to us today. Okay, yes, yeah, so just... you can call us. The number is 651-641-1071. Yes, mm-hmm. and so we've got the credit contest here, but we're going to be talking about a whole lot of other good stuff, um, including, you know, what are rates doing? So let's mm-hmm. kick the show off and... And what did you see last week, Miss oh, Shelley? Oh, boy, what didn't we see? Mm-hmm. It was a roller coaster ride, and I really think that that's kind of what at least the next few months are going to be like. Right. So we have, you know, lower rates and we have what we consider now higher rates in the low threes. I can't even believe that that's (laughs) a higher rate. Is that that? an oxymoron? Well, they were down to something like almost zero for like a week there. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. But so, yeah, we're on that roller coaster ride with interest rates. There's a lot of data coming out. The word inflation is starting to creep into some of the economists' mm-hmm. uh, verbiage, and that always sets interest rates ablaze. They don't like that. In- uh, inflation is a right. non-interest-friendly word. Um, so as that starts to f- you know filter in here a little bit more, we're going to see rates very volatile mm-hmm. and daily. You know, it's not going to be something that's going to hang out for a long time like it was uh, in 2020. It's going to be volatile. It's going to be here one day, gone the next. Don't blink. Somebody quotes you a rate and you like it. Lock and load. Right. And so what are you seeing? I mean, I, I agree with you. If you get a good rate, why are you going to like, you know, mess around and and shop it and, and wait and hope it goes down and this and that? What was the lowest rate you saw last week and what was the highest? So um, I saw stuff in the twos again uh, this past week. Okay. Uh, that's kind of where it ended out is uh, like the high twos. You might have to pay a half a discount point or something. You have to have good credit, a decent down payment. Um, and the highs, I mean, in the high threes, like okay. 3.75 depending on your credit. So depending on your down payment, what are you looking to do? Are you cashing out a refinance? Are you buying a house? All of those are different interest rates. So Shelly, are we still in that part where even though the the inventory is still really tight, I'm presuming that we really need to start working on this now because the rates are still probably going to continue to increase, increase. I think so. I I really do. Everything I'm reading, I'm sure everything you're reading Mimi is where the rates are going to, rise here over the course of the next two to four months through the summer and um the long you know the far out is a year from now that's far out in my business and um we're seeing that then maybe the end of the year beginning and next we might see it relax again okay the interest rates so so from the supply information we are half 
uh, the inventory that we were last year and we complained all year long right. about how we didn't have anything mm-hmm. right now if you can even believe it and this is for the week ending march 27th so we've got a couple weeks lag time we had just 14 almost 1500 listings for okay. the whole the whole thing that's every that's price everywhere point. okay everywhere every price point. yes and so pending sales went down 15 percent uh, to only 1300 and our inventory decreased again down 49 percent to 49.92 and okay. so what that means is we've only got 0.9 months not even one month of inventory for everybody to pick from everybody right and that's why we're seeing the the pressure on our buyers we're seeing pressure like i've never seen before and this is a national thing okay this isn't just here um we're seeing people over offer up and above pay the difference between the appraised value so miss shannon you make an offer you're coming in the best you got right you're approved for 325 and we're shopping under what you qualify for maybe down to 275 yes and you're you're asking grandma for the money to make up the difference because you're the only i'm gonna get the house you're gonna have to go thirty thousand over Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 percent we're seeing people go over and then they're also still offering lots of other concessions. We're seeing people waive their inspections. Right. We're seeing people bring cash to the table to make up the difference. Um, I don't know what other sorts of concessions you're seeing on your purchase agreements, Shelley. Right. Yeah, we don't see much in seller paid closing costs anymore. That's okay. a concession that's kind of gone by the wayside. <laughs> Even if you put it into your offer, it doesn't matter. Somebody else has put it in their offer and not asked for seller paid closing costs, so they edge you out. That is, that's over, guys. Okay. Seller paid closing costs, unless the house has been sitting on the market for a very long time, um, and that should tell you something, um, you know, that's just over. In my world, I don't see that being successful at all. So it's like, you know, you've got 20 people standing in line at your door to buy your house and they're offering you more than what you're asking. And then somebody else comes and thinks that they can get you to give them 5,000. Right. That is not a a way to win. And I think it's it's good for us to say this and keep reiterating this for if we have any new buyers um, or. Maybe you're buying this, you know, you, this is your second go round and you're going, but it was different back then. Or if you're, you know, I was reading an article that was talking about, um, uh, millennial home buyers and they were talking about the advice that they're getting from their parents just isn't valid. You know what? So I, I'm going to talk about this mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. and experts in your world. Right. If they have not traveled in your shoes today, right. 2021. Their opinion is no longer relative. Right. It, you can't even compare two years ago right. to what's happening right mm-hmm. now. There's nobody. You can barely compare last year. You like, can't even compare. The story that you're telling me from when I closed on my house last May, it's a whole different world. It right? is completely right. different. It's a completely different world. Um, and so uh, let's, let's just uh, kind of like expand on that. Um, if you don't have enough money to buy a house... What do you suggest, Shelley? I mean, if you're if you really do need the five thousand, and that's that's honest. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. really do need the money, mm-hmm. I would say borrow from your four hundred one k is the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. because you're borrowing from yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You pay yourself back. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes, and there's no interest accrued on it, and there's no embarrassment going to grandma and asking for the money. It's your right. own money, so you get. You get that. So uh, there's that. There, I've seen people, maybe they own their car free and clear and they go out and get a loan on their car 
And so they use that for their cash to close. And now they have to make a payment on it, but it's money that's okay. legit that you can use in a transaction because it's secured against something else. How, and I think we'll cover this throughout the morning, but it's really interesting to be able to tell people, well, what what funds can you get that won't mess up the deal mm-hmm. versus what are you not going to be able to use? Because mm-hmm. I know if we were talking about this last year, we're going, well, you have to be careful about taking grandma's money because we can't approve where it came from and what's grandma going to say and all those things. Mm-hmm. So how are we helping people navigate all of those questions as well? Mm-hmm. Shelley? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it's that's deep there's right. a lot there yeah sorry so, yeah not at all not but mm-hmm. there's ways to do it and there was ways to not right. i was just doing a transaction a couple weeks ago here where you know i we ask all the right questions and then all of a sudden as you're in the deal there's you know things kind of exposed and um well the big deposit was the cash money he had in his sock drawer right so that's not going to work right. <laughs> we can't have cash money in a transaction why because it's cash and it could be money laundered and it could be, you know, bad money. I won't say. And I think that that, that does happen sometimes because does. there are people who, you know, for, you know, I have friends that from a cultural standpoint, I have, you know, money like right? cash money that they keep at home because there's reasons, you right. know, they have it. So it's legitimate, but they go, well, I've, I've been saving this money in my safe or in my sock drawer or in my this for all this time. It's my money. It's fine. And it's got to be very painful to go. Nope. But we can't count that. Right. Mm-hmm. It is because it is their money. And right. They feel that way and they don't want to put it in their bank account because they use their debit card too much and they can't trust themselves so they have to have it in their sock drawer right Mm -hmm. you know i don't know why the sock drawer is that much more i have people that honestly just for multiple reasons have some borderline trust issues with people and so they always like you know if anything shut down cash is always going to be important for at least a little while Mm -hmm. like that's a conversation i have with my mom so there's a reason why she has you know and i'm not gonna be giving out anybody's address but i think that that's (laughs) that's part of it is that that's my mentality too is that there's usually a little bit of cash that i keep around because what if something went wrong and i needed it right right so we can do we can use that money there is there are ways that mm-hmm. we can work money into a transaction or you can get a gift and okay. then, you know, work that out after the transaction. So there's the the point of the matter really is, is bring it up. Talk okay. about it. It's not a secret. This is money in a large purchase. Very, very many thousands of dollars. Right. So it's serious stuff. So mm-hmm. don't think you're going to get away with it. Right. Because you're not going to get away with it. Okay. So let's just say, okay, they don't want to put it in a bank account. But I'm working with, let's just say I'm working with a buyer and they have uh, $10,000 in cash, not in an institution. Could they bring it to me and say, put it in trust with your title company and put it in the trust account to be held? Could you season that money? You, oh, if it's there for two months, then it's seasoned. So that's mm-hmm. true of any bank account. It can be a trust account. It can be a bank account. But if I will tell you that even if 60 days has passed and the bank statement that you give me or the evidence that you give me is, you know, shows the big, huge plop in there, they're going to want to know where it came from. Right. There's money launderers out there that are very good at money laundering and mm-hmm. buying houses. And now the money that's in there sits for six months and now they can sell the house. And that's legit money that now that they can put in their bank account. People right. are, you know, it's unfortunate because it's because of those folks that we all have to jump through the hoops 
that we jump through. Right. Okay. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to just kind of expand a little bit about money laundering. Okay. Right. All right. Perfect. And you can also be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Please call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Shelly Ferris and Mimi Shoneman. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. Also, our friend Shelly Ferris from Caliber Home Loans. Today is a great day for you to call because this is such a complicated scenario. If you have any questions today, I encourage you to call 651-641-1071. You know, we brought up, before we went to break, we brought up money laundering. Um, and I think that that's, you know, if you watch Narcos, you know, you right. hear about it. If you watch any of those those Netflix series, you're like, okay, how does that apply to me? I work at a bank or I, you know, you don't do any of those things. And, you know, I don't want to use the you work at the bank because they have more than more people. <laughs> Let's say you're like me, that you're an independent contractor and you get money from a variety of different sources, a variety of different um, organizations might hire you. So you already have this coming in in all these different places. Um, but then to sit there and go like sometimes, you know, if you're a waitress or a server or anything, or sometimes if you're a performer, people still pay me in cash. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do, you know, with all this, this money? Because it just makes life complicated. And so, Shelly, you are in the mortgage side of this this world, but you have training, a formal training on money, money laundering. So do expand oh boy. on your, yes. your wealth of information. So, yeah, this is a class that we have to take every year. It's a it's a ongoing thing in mortgage lending and it's to, how to how to watch for red flags what is money laundering how to avoid it why is it bad in our business yada 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 yada, yada. so we have to do classes and pass tests and all that kind of stuff so what is money laundering well when you can't track where the money came from it's money laundering right so let's say you had i'm going to use a really simple Example. Let's say that we you had a garage sale. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. We all have garage sales. Yes. At some mm-hmm. point. I mean, I always think they're so funny because you're like sitting out there with all the stuff you <laughs> yeah. don't want anymore. Hoping that somebody else wants yes, it. Exactly. And Please how much give me a dollar for this. Please. <laughs> I just love mm-hmm. garage sales. Anyway, so um you get a big pile of cash from your garage sale, right? Mm-hmm. Did you track where it came from? Do you know where those guys got that money? No. Do you, no, of course not. It's silly. It's Somebody came by and was money. willing to give me five bucks for a, a bin full of my old DVDs. It's cool. sold. Right. Done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, But you're going to deposit that money in, so now that legitimatizes that money that may have been laundered from something else. Now, gotcha. to buy a G.I. Joe or no, mm-hmm. but to right. buy your boat that was $500 or to buy your dining room table that was 1500 or gotcha. whatever, mm-hmm. that could be money laundering. So we have to know in, our, in my business, I have to know what deposits are from. Fair enough. And so we have to track. And if you can't track it, it's considered laundered money and then it can't be in the transaction okay okay so legitimately if i came to you and i said i want to buy a house and i've got 750 dollars that came from my yard sale you say no i say (laughs) probably not right (laughs) we might put our hat on and figure out and i think that that's fair because there's you know that would be what somebody might do 
You know, I think that was a great example. And so it's not as, you know, trackable as when you're saying, well, I have an Etsy store where you can go. The re- right. It came through and there's a process and a PayPal right. and a this. You know, you can go exactly where it is and track the buyer. Right. And, and so, where the money came from initially. And that's what makes it not laundered. It's mm-hmm. the trackability. Right. Well, okay. One more example. And then we're going to move on to bridge loans. Okay. <laughs> oh, even more exciting. <laughs> What, so what, what besides yard sales, what else could be? Okay, so let's say that you're a contractor. And let's say that you build your neighbor's deck and he gave you five grand to build it. And to, you know, that was cheap to build it because you, he's just going to pay you cash. So you make that arrangement or whatever. And you throw that five grand in your bank, in your, in your sock drawer. And then you, and you think this is awesome because we're going to be buying a house in a couple months. And there's some $5,000 that my wife doesn't even know about. Awesome. We're going to make our goal. And then you go and deposit that money in the bank. And now it's a big fat $5,000. Where did that come from? Deposit. And if he told you, I'm a contractor and I built my buddy's deck and I gave him a deal and he paid me cash. Yep. Can you use that? We'd say, that's great. No, you can't use that money. You're going to oh. have to get a gift for the okay, so difference. To, this is to make all up. messing me up. See? So I'm thinking if I was, you know, wanting to buy a house and I didn't have the money, what would I do to get extra money? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking two things. I would clean somebody's house mm-hmm. and get paid or I would mow somebody's yard. Mm-hmm. Right. Or mm-hmm. do their windows. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates to do those things. Mm-hmm. None of that you can use? Well, well, not unless they pay you in the form a, of a, a check, check and right. get an invoice for it. Yes. If they pay you in 20s or 100s? No, then okay. you can't because, because you have we to don't prove know that you're going to really pay taxes from. on it. You right. might be telling a story. Mm-hmm. We don't know. There are people that do that, Mimi. It's crazy. Hey, Shelly, I want to buy this house, but I got to close in a week. I've got $100,000 to put down. Can we do it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I just want to put a shameless plug out there. Anybody yard selling? I want the Beverly Hillbilly seasons, <laughs> all ah, of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll there we go. Pay good money for that. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. All right. Um, all right. Bridge loans. Let's talk about this. Um, First of all, let's define what are they. Right. So bridge loans might be something that you've heard of. Maybe you've come across it in your reading as you're preparing yourself, getting ready to buy a house or as an option for money to use towards your transaction. So you're going to, uh, uh, the definition of a bridge loan is you're going to take the equity in your house that you currently have and you're going to bridge that over and put it into the new house that you're about to buy before you sell the house that you're leaving. So we're a little bit talking about buy first, sell second. Right. And that's kind of the market, right, Mimi? And I'm going to tell you statistics show that nationally, uh, homeowners right now are sitting on about $200,000 or more of home equity since the downfall in the in 2008. So there's a lot of people that may not you may not even you may be sitting on your nest egg right there and you don't even know it. Right. Um, because market values for prices have gone up so much. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about an example that you have seen where somebody needed a bridge loan and it worked out successfully for them. Excellent. So we'll go through this transaction. They have a house to sell. It's worth 400,000. They know because they've had a market. They had Mimi come out and see that what it's worth. Okay. And they owe $250,000 on their house. So it's worth 400. And when they sell it, they're going to get 400 for sure. And they owe 250. So 
if you do math real fast, you'd think to yourself, okay, so they've got $150,000 that they could tap into okay. then to put towards this new purchase. And you don't get to, on a bridge loan, go all the way up to 100% of the value. Okay. You only get to go up to 80% of the total amount. So if it's 80%, then the most you can have in loans against that house is 320000 You already have lent... 250,000 so you're left with 70,000 and that's how much you can bridge then over to the new purchase okay and why would you want to do that well maybe you're building a new house and the builder requires 20 percent down payment to get started not uncommon in our market not uncommon mm -hmm. so that would be you know, a, your typical $350,000 house, then you'd have, I don't know how you can build anything for three hundred fifty anymore. Can yeah. you? I don't think you can. You have can. to go yeah. right. Away. You can north. in Rockford. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> west, yes. west and north. Folks. Yes. yes. Okay. You got to go out of ways. Okay. So. All right. All right. Well, we will give some more information on what's going on out here in the real estate market. You're listening to the, uh, you're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. We love you however you are listening to us and wherever you're listening. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results, also with Shelly Ferris from Caliber Home Loans. Okay. Well, so let's start again with the percentage that you can take in a bridge loan. You can't go 100%. You can only have a max loan amount of 80%. 80%. Combined loan to value between so, what you have on your house currently in a mortgage plus the bridge loan. Okay. And that would also count any kind of home equity line of credits. Right. Or any other kind of thing that you have on right. there. Right. Okay. Yes, exactly right. I tell you what, it surprises me how many people forget they have a HELOC. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The home and equity line totally of credit. You can totally use that. Use right. that HELOC. Yes. Way cheaper than a bridge loan. Okay. Your HELOC interest rate is going to be half of what your interest rate will be on a bridge gotcha. loan. Gotcha. Okay. Risk. Well, that's why. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So if just as a comparison, so if you take your HELOC, let's say, what would you say the average HELOC interest rate is? Eight to 10%. Okay. Yeah, it's high. Okay. And what about a bridge loan then? Uh, pardon me. That's what, that's what a bridge loan is. My, okay. my apologies. A bridge loan would be eight to 10%, but a HELOC is going to be tied to prime and it can be prime plus zero. Prime's about four right now. Okay. Um, could be prime plus one, prime plus two, depending on your credit, depending on your loan to value. Right. So we've been going over that and we actually were talking a lot about cash and how you can work it into the deal. So you can be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Call us at 651-641-1071. Just like Mary. Mary, thank you very much for your patience and for holding with us. What's your question for Mimi and Shelly? So if you don't deposit the cash, but you use it for everyday things rather than what you have in your checking, it's a way of using the cash and still maintaining it a good balance to pay towards the house, correct? Um, you are correct. I'm going to clarify a little bit there. That's exactly, you're exactly right. So let's say you have some cash on hand that you were thinking about using in the transaction, but you get your pay, uh, your, uh, your payroll, your weekly or biweekly payroll deposit in your bank account. Let that bank up and pay your bills out of your cash then. Pay your whatever, car payment. You got to go to the bank and get a, you know, Cashier's check. Cashier's check mm -hmm. or whatever money order or whatever. But yes, that's a way for you to then make use of your money. Correct, Thank Mary. you very much. Well done, Mary. Thank you. You get a gold star, Mary. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for that suggestion. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, the reason that people in my world and in yours, Shelly, 
would consider needing a bridge loan is the in the instance of buying first and selling second. And so right now, um, I don't know why it is. I swear for the last when I bought my house, the last thing I cared about was that it might need paint or <laughs> it might need carpet. You know, it was it had an ugly bathroom, a couple of them, you know, and, you know, ugly shag carpet green in the back bedroom. Oh. And I'm like. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'll figure it out. House. Yeah, I'll figure it out. So, mm-hmm. but people really want move-in ready more than anything. And I, and you'll take a clip on your price if you don't have it move-in ready. So, I mean, we can sell your house as is, and that's not a problem. But if you could take the equity out of your current house and spend some money on paint and flooring and kind of tidy it up, it's going to make your house that more attractive. The goal, of course, is to have the people lined up around the block, 20-plus offers, you know, make your realtor crazy, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. But that's the goal. And if your house would qualify as not so, let's just not say ugly, but you're just kind of middle of the road, mm-hmm. you could really benefit from spending a little extra money that you, if you don't have it, by getting it out of there. And so right. in that 8 to 10% that you said to, to do it, it's short term. So. It's short term. Exactly right. That's right. Exactly. So if you've got, uh, you know, uh, 35000 that you're going to bridge over and the interest rate is 10%, yeah, the payment's going to be around 300 bucks a month. But to get to Kudens to your what you're talking about there, Mimi, is that, you know, you're giving yourself the time to be able to spruce up that house, get all your stuff out of it, make right. it the best showing possible, and then maybe get that extra money that you had to pay for the bridge loan to do all these things. It makes sense. Okay. And let's talk about the, the people that have the credit and the wherewithal to be able to buy first and sell second. There's a lot of fear out there that, you know, if they do that, then, oh, gosh, I'm going to have two house payments. What am I going to do if my house doesn't sell? Well, th- there are certainly unsellable houses, but I haven't seen one in a long time. That's okay. right. Um, and so the risk is extremely low. And so if, if that's something that you think might be a good plan, we welcome you to give us a call during the week. You can uh, message us at 651-578-2218, either mortgage or real estate, and we can help answer those questions for you. But the people that I have worked with that have had the ability to do that are the most, they have the most peace of mind and they can take their time to find a house that they really want. Something that will work for them. We see a lot of people right now that are needing to either downsize or upsize in a big way for Mm -hmm. multi-generational living. That is really kicking off right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. Um, And so people are really looking for that setup because, you know, you've got your adult children that might need to come back. You've got your uh, adult parents that might need to come back. Uh, Maybe because of COVID, you know that... You just need a different layout and what you have right now is not working. And so if the fear is, is that you're not going to find what you really need or really want, do something like a bridge loan and then take your time, find the house that you really want and then get the house ready with the same money. Right. And especially if people are averaging about $200,000 in equity. Right. You know, yep. that's a lot. Of, that's your money. That's right. that's what we mean when we say that real estate is the key to wealth building. It always has been. Right. And so, you know, you're you're doing something good for yourself. And so it's worth it to own property. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. How many people have lost money in 
real estate in the last 10 years? Not many. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I get that question a lot, too. Like, are we setting ourselves up for failure? These prices are going up so fast. I, you know, when's the bottom going to fall out? I'm I'm scared. I'm scared because when's the bottom going to fall out? And how many weeks and months and uh, it's probably years now, maybe that we've been coming on. And the first thing we talk about is shortage of homes on the market. And until that changes, it's going to keep going up it's going to we're going to keep having these multiple homes or or multiple offers because there's just not the inventory right and i understand what you're saying but i also understand their concern because like especially when we you know as we started the conversation again today it was back to people are having to go so above and beyond in order to get a home period Mm -hmm. right now um and so i do think that a lot of people feel like they're in a between a rock and a hard place okay i need to stop renting but I can't get a home or I need to upgrade, but I'm worried that I'm going to pay too much for the next house. Well, you know, so let's talk about rising rents. Okay. And even, you know, let's talk about what's available to rent and where is that located? Mm -hmm. Um, Three bedrooms. Now I've seen listings for 1850. I'm like, that's staggering Mm -hmm. to pay in rent. rent. Exactly. And you know, your landlord loves you and thanks you dearly for that, that payment. (laughs) Um, you know, and so it, when I look at it, when last year we had two and a half months of inventory and now we have less than one, if we fast forward to 2022, what will that look like? Right. Um, is that going to get better? I, the builders can't build fast enough. Right. The building costs are going up exponentially. Exactly. You can't hardly find a new construction house under 400000 You do have to go out to find it. Mm-hmm. It is there, right. but you right. have to be willing to, to, to do that. And not everybody's willing to go outside of what their their sphere, their comfort area of where they want to live. And that's when we say, you know, we can help you find what you want. It It exists. But what are you willing to give up to, to make it happen? Right. You know, I, I drive a lot mm-hmm. and I, driving. I've always driven a lot. I've never minded it. But some people will tell me I will not drive more than 15 minutes from my work. Right. And I'm like, OK, that's fine. But that is really pigeonholing you real tight. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that little nugget, if that's what you need and everybody else is competing for that same little that little thing. You're, it's going to be hard. Right. It's really going to be hard. Right. Right. There, absolutely. All of that, like just finding it. And then, you know, to go back to the, the, the mentality of I'm afraid, you know, last time when we had a mortgage meltdown, last time when we had this flood of houses on the market with all the foreclosures and, and everything, it was because people were losing their jobs and we had really funky mortgage products out there right. where you were set up for failure from day one. Mm-hmm. So that's almost what we need to have happen again in order to get enough inventory to satisfy the the demand that's out there. But it's not there. Right. We've had low, 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 low interest rates. Everybody's in a fixed rate. We can't hire enough people. We have so many for sale or uh, help wanted signs out there. So if, if that's where your fear level comes from, if you're afraid because you don't want to buy up, you don't want to buy up and over. You don't want to bid that way. Right. That's really, I know that's in the not too far distance few, uh, past that we've right. had, but it's really, that's not imminent here. That is not the situation. I mean, the the experts that we're seeing are, are not predicting massive foreclosures. Okay. With that said, um, that will happen mm-hmm. coming up in a, a, whenever all of these forbearances, whenever the government says, you know, that's it. No more extensions. No more. This is when it's going to end. 
you will see foreclosures at that point. It's inevitable. Wouldn't you say so, Shelley? Uh, there's there's lots of workarounds that they're offering up now. Mimi, okay. you're really seeing a lot of uh, companies stepping up to the plate to not have that happen because, they again, that's been in their uh, rearview mirror here, not too distant past. But, um, you know, for some, absolutely, there will be some, but it won't be like it was before. It will not be the flood. No, okay. and I, I'm trying to remember in my mind the, the chart. That, because I got my license not too long before the bad part happened and right and people were like oh you got your start you know in the worst time ever (laughs) (laughs) that is true Mm -hmm. because you know you could show somebody a hundred fifty thousand dollar houses and it not be the right one right it's like (laughs) are you kidding me with that right Right. wow i'm going i've spent more money driving you around yeah right I, i kid you not i i did have one buyer that i showed more than 100 houses in the in the early days and it was in that fifty thousand dollar price Dang. bracket, and wow. there was many, many of them okay. everywhere you went. You could find them. Wow. And but what we're seeing, and again, we've said this before, that none of us have a crystal ball. But no. based upon the scenario and the way that everything had to work during that particular Black Swan event, when everybody was short selling and getting things, they've done a better job of shoring up the base that we mm-hmm. need for that not to happen again exactly is what right. you're saying exactly okay because right. i remember because i was one of those people that had the house before that and and you know was if i didn't know my mortgage professional back then as well as i did would have been in one of those you know weird hinky like scenarios because i remember going wait a minute you think i qualify for what i don't think i should do that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and then you know them going no 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 no. Well, you need to buy this don't don't even do that even though they say so, you know, not everybody got that kind of advice. And now we have a lot of the reasons that that probably won't happen. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's just, before we finish this break, Shelley, you know, let's just finish talking a little bit more about what your perspective is on the bridge loan. So the bridge loan is a great tool, as is the HELOC, any or a loan from your 401k, anything that gives you the control to buy first and sell after, then you're in the driver's seat. You get to pick the house that you want. You get to sell when your house is ready. There's not a panic move in between. There's all the control of the transaction and none of the harried part of the transaction if you're able to do that. So call Mimi or I if you want to explore one of those options. And how long does it take to get one done. So a bridge loan can close in about two weeks time. Some of them want an appraisal, some of them don't. And that's what the holdup is. So the appraisers run the show, not only in bridge loans, but in everything else in real estate. <laughs> Fair <today. enough. laughs> yeah. uh, so why wouldn't one need an appraisal? Because the automated value that uh, by their computer system that pops in there is supported by recent sales and stuff. So they don't they trust the values there. Okay. And our market's so hot. Our right. Market's so hot. Yeah. Well, when we come back from the welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show from Remax Results and also Shelly Ferris from Caliber Home Loves. Okay. Well, so this is a thing. Multi-generational housing is gaining momentum. Um, and if your house is feeling really cramped uh, and the addition of adult 
people moving in with you, it might be time to consider a move up into a multi-generational home that better suits your needs while everybody has their needs have changed in their home right now with right. COVID, right? Absolutely. I can't think of anybody that it hasn't. Oh, gosh, yes. And so some quick facts for you. Households with two or more adult generations living under one roof are considered multi-generational. Um, the percentage of total homes sold, and this is nationwide in 2020, of multi-generational was 12%. And that number hit 15% in the spring of 2020. Um, purchased to accommodate adult children living at home, 28%. And 25% purchased to accommodate aging parents. And the most common age range of the buyers for multi-generational homes was between 41 and 55, followed by people aged 75 and 95. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And so the benefits, of course, as we all know, um, the combined home buying budget, everybody kicks in and it makes it more affordable. You have the quality time together, shared giving of caregiving, and plenty of space for everybody to do what they need. And so what constitutes a multi-generational home? Typically what I hear when somebody wants to either advertise their home that way or they're looking for that. Typically they're looking for two kitchen areas. Okay. Or a way to get out of the the second area where they can wall off or door off that particular almost make it an apartment. Okay. See what I mean? So they want to be able to get out and have their own private space, maybe have a bathroom and a little kitchenette and a bedroom. Okay. And so there aren't that many homes that have that existing already. Because there's lots of things that may have another bathroom on another level. Right. And maybe, like, I'm thinking about my mom's house. They have a bathroom down there, and there's actually an entry. You can exit the home. But where would they put the kitchenette and all of those things? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So unless you had a bar... Or something down in your basement, then you could just easily go, well, it's already plumbed for that, right? Well, let's just talk about it. So let's just say that your house just has a bathroom, but it's on the lower level. So easy to tie plumbing into that, right? Get a little counter. You don't have to have a ginormous refrigerator. It would be so easy. What do you think? About five grand to put in a kitchen? Oh, everything's five grand. Five grand this, (laughs) five five grand that. I remodeled my house. Every time I talked to that guy, it was $5,000. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) This is not chicken feed, people. Right, yeah. Yeah, but in all seriousness, okay, so get your contractor out there to get a quote. But let's just say you don't have the five to ten grand to make your apartment in your house but you're not finding anything else you want, you could use Shelly. Right. You could call Shelly. And, <laughs> and she I'll bring can... my hammer, and no, I will not do that. <laughs> I want a picture. I'm like, what do you do on your spare time, Shelly? Jack That's of all trades. Right. My calculator does everything. <laughs> but, Perfect. So this would be a good application for right. a bridge loan. Right, right. Well, Or a construction loan. Well, yeah, construction loan it could be. It could be a renovation loan. Not a bridge loan, but a construction loan, renovation loan. Something to that effect where you actually are going to borrow the money that it takes to change your home over to what you're looking for it to be. Okay. So um, I think it might t- cost more than $5,000. So I'm just going to say that, like, let's say that your house in in our earlier uh, scenario was 400000 is what it was worth. Mm-hmm. We owed 250000 And we talked to a contractor and to plumb and electric and the appliances and la la la. It's going to cost about 25000 okay. to do that. So now I'm going to, me, Shelly Ferris, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to refinance the loan and get you the twenty five 
$5,000 that you need either through a renovation loan or you could do it as a cash out refinance where okay. you're going to use that $25,000 to pay your contractor to do the work for you. And depending on what you're trying to do and depending on how much money he needs up front versus, you know, waiting until the end will depend on what type of product that we put you in. Okay. And so what would be the difference between the cash out refinance or the construction or rehab rehabilitation loan so there'll be a the interest rate will be similar it's probably going to be about a quarter percent difference so not a lot of difference between those two and it really comes down to the scope of work how much work are you going to do how close are you going to get to the whole value of the home versus just a small portion of the loan so if you're looking for a big i want to put on a an extra wing on my house i need excavating i need all these things that's not finished at all in the basement, but we need an exterior door put in and all you're probably talking about a renovation loan. That's probably where you're going to be because the cash out piece will get too big for it to make sense. But we just put pen to paper and make it make sense out of it. Mm -hmm. And then we know. And so for a renovation loan, is it anything like a a 203K? Uh, do they have to have documentation? Do the, the contractors have to have certification in any way? All great questions, and absolutely to all of those. Yes, you need bids. You need the contractors lined up. You, that's part of the approval process. That's part of the appraisal of the home. So, uh, again, if it, you really only want to do that if it's a larger scope because there's going to be more paperwork, and I'm going to have a bigger hoop for you to jump through. Gotcha. But we'll get there. I do them all the time. I've been doing renovation loans for almost 20 years. I guess I'm still not clear on why somebody wouldn't just do a plain cash out refi. So let's say that on the same example, $400,000 house, $250,000 is what you currently owe against it. You're only going to be able to get at about $60,000 in that example because they're only going to let you go up to 75% of the value of the home in the cash out. Versus if you do a renovation loan, I can go up to 80% of the value, 90% of the value, depending on your credit and such and how the appraisal comes out, sometimes 95% of the value. So if you need a larger amount of money, you're going to want to do the renovation loan. That's really good information because if you're in need of uh, multi-generational for whatever reason, um, even if you want to put a tenant in your house, you know, and and make it income generating or maybe make it VRBO Mm -hmm. where you can rent it, um, that would be a great solution, especially with the average of, of equity in people's homes right now. That's it's, really it's smart. Amazing. Right? That's really smart. Yeah. yeah. I always like to have a second way for people to make money out of their house. You know, mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. I mean, what, what if you get disabled? Right. What if you, your, your partner, what if they die and you need to make a little extra something mm-hmm. with your space? Mm-hmm. You can do that when you own real estate. You cannot do that when you're renting. Right. It is about providing options and right. going, okay, maybe this isn't what I'm going to do as far as what I'm thinking about for the future today. But in a couple of years, you might go, well, I'm so glad that I have this, uh, this available to me. Exactly. And, you know, just because you're, you're not finding what you're looking for out there, we're always looking for opportunities to help people figure out ways around, you know, maybe this house isn't your perfect 10, but maybe it gets to eight and a half. Mm-hmm. And if you just did a couple things, it right. would maybe be Maybe it gets to seven. If right. you're like, I'm like, yeah. right now, the way things sound, if you get a house that's a seven, you, you need should, to sit there and right. go, all right, let's work this out. And then maybe a, a renovation loan is the way to buy the house even and turn it into your 10 house by buying the 7 house and 
using the loan to fix it. And then you've got to, you get to pick everything yourself. It's mm-hmm. all shiny and new and it's your colors, it's your thing, it's your, your taste. Absolutely. It's perfect. And unfortunately, I mean, if you did run into a, a situation where you became disabled or you had a situation, you could again use a renovation loan to renovate your house into a disabled home, a disabled ability home. Yeah. I mean, so there's lots all, of options, lots of good options out there. And before we close, I want to remind everybody how they can get a hold of us during the week. You can text mortgage or real estate to 651-578-2218. And Shelly, tell everybody in one minute about your bid over asking tool. Oh, it's an awesome, awesome tool. So you're scared out there, right? You're somebody tells you you need to bid $30,000 over and you don't want to bid too high and make the house not worth it. I have a tool where we'll plunk in all the information and see when you'll recoup that. Well, how do they get a hold of you, Shelly? 612-839-6918. Perfect. You could always find us at mytalk1071.com. Keyword, red hot.